We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. How are you today? You good? You're well? Plenty of rain? Yep. Farmers happy? Yep, 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 yep. Give us a wave if you were here last week. Yeah. I'll do that because we're I'm continuing on from something we did last week. So I'm just going to give a really quick recap and, uh, of where we've been and then we're going to continue on from that. We've been around this passage in Matthew 28 and it's when Jesus, he died, he rose again and he was about to ascend to heaven and this is some of his last words on earth. And, and if you've been around church, they're fairly famous words and we're just going to read it in Matthew 28. And I think we've got it up on the screen. Matthew 28, verse 16. And it said, Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of age. Jesus said, I've been given all authority, every single bit of it, (laughs) all authority on heaven and on earth, and because I've got all authority, go and make disciples baptizing them, teaching them, and remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, whatever you feel, I'm with you, even past your lifetime, to the end of age. And so, he says, go and make disciples. You know, if you follow Jesus, you're a disciple. A disciple is someone who follows Jesus. So if you're here, and if you believe in Jesus, if you follow him, you're a disciple. I'm a disciple, we're disciples. And and Jesus had disciples for a few years now, and he says, now go and make disciples. It's a command. Go and make disciples. And and this command, it's for me and you, and we can't get around it. It's not just for me, because I'm the pastor. It's not just for uh, Cody, because he's a people person. It's not for for Julie, because she runs a ladies group, and she's got a passion to know. It's for every single one of us. Go and make disciples. So if you're a disciple, if you follow Jesus, if you found Jesus, that happens in you, but then it has to spread out. And, and that sometimes I think sounds intimidating to us, go and make disciples. Because that's what Jesus did. We're meant to do that. And we talked about how if we're going to go and make disciples, the first and foremost thing is we need to be a disciple. Because we create what we're like. I've got a few kids sick at home with my beautiful wife today. We've just had a third child, Teddy, a little boy, and everyone says he looks like me, which is probably a good thing, but it's probably a bad thing at the same time. And, and because you create what you're like, right? Uh, kids don't just look like you, they behave like you. I told you last week how uh, one day I... Um, I'm a bit of a, a weapon ninja, and so there was a fly annoying me, so I threw one of Tali's nice pillows at it and killed it. 
right? And I thought it was impressive, but Tali didn't enjoy it. And then, and then, so what happens now, Myra, my eldest daughter, she just turned four, Every time she sees a fly now, she gets two Italia's nice pillows and runs around the house trying to kill the flies. And it's hilarious. And your kids copy your behavior. They don't do what you say. They copy how you act. So we talked about how if you're going to go make disciples, first and foremost, you've got to follow Jesus. And so we talked about that. And, and then we had a handout. And uh, if Gab, can you grab those here? If you weren't here... Just put your hand up, and then Gabby's got a, just a handout for you. And so, Gab, just give that out. We've got a handout. Go and make disciples. And we went through the first three points last week. And the first one was be a friend. You know, they called Jesus the friend of sinners, right? And they did it as an insult, but I think he loved it. They called Jesus a friend of sinners, and I think the first step for us to go and make disciples, because it's for all of us, and I don't think it's as hard as it sounds, the first step is to be a friend. Jesus did a lot of things, but he was a friend of sinners, and I think it's actually the easiest thing we can do. And I think sometimes uh, Christians want to go and make disciples, but they don't want to be friends. right? And so we want to go and make disciples, and then people look at us and think, I don't know if I even like you or not. right? And so friendship's really important. And I used this uh, illustration last week. Sometimes in the church, we think, go and make disciples. It starts when someone finds Jesus or begins to follow Jesus. That's when we start to make disciples, when someone comes to church or when someone finds Jesus or when someone follows Jesus or when they start praying. But that's not where discipleship starts. It starts when we meet them. It starts at the footy club. It starts at the checkout at Foodland. It starts over the back fence. It starts in friendship. See, friendship sounds a lot easier than discipleship, but it's the same thing. Discipleship is friendship with intention. It's friendship, and it's being friend of sinners. It's being friend of people. And as you, as you be friends along the way, everything else comes into place. So we talked about if you want to go and make disciples, which is what we're commanded to do, the first step is just to be a friend. And we can all do that. And we talked about how uh, prayer, pray for them. Pray for them. Jesus is always praying for his disciples. You see the Apostle Paul, we read out a few prayers last week. He's always praying for the churches. As you be friends, pray for them. Pray for opportunities to love them. Pray for opportunities to share the gospel. Pray for God's love to fill them. Today we prayed for people who were sick. Pray for them. The beautiful thing about friendship is, is they, they know you, right? And so when you're a friend of someone, it's not, a, it's not going to be a surprise when you pray for them. <laughs> and so I've caught up with uh, some guys before, and I said, oh, can I pray for you? And they're not like, what? You pray? No, they know me because we're friends. So it's not weird. They actually know I pray. Especially in these country towns. Everyone knows you go to church, right? It's not going to be a surprise to them. What? And so this is the beautiful thing about friendship is because trust is built, relationship is built, openness is built, and so we can pray for them. Pray when you're not with them. Pray for opportunities. You know, I've prayed that I would run into someone, and I've run into them. Crazy. I've prayed for opportunities to share faith, and guess what? Opportunities come. Prayer's powerful. Prayer activates faith. So we be a friend. We pray for them. 
and then, and then generosity. We talked about how God the Father loved the world, so he gave. God is generous. He gives us the gift of salvation, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of peace. Right? God gives. He's generous. And so when we live a generous life, it opens people up to God. If you want to build a relationship, generosity is the easiest way. Buy them a coffee. Buy them a drink. Send a meal over. You know, we, we don't live a generous life because we're worried we're going to lack. I can't give my time. I can't give my effort. I can't give my finances because then I won't have it. Which is very practical and logical, but it's not how the kingdom works because the kingdom says where you sow, you reap. So whenever you sow into people, whenever you sow into the kingdom of God, you're never left lacking. That's not how God works. You sow, you reap. He promises you seek first the kingdom of God, you'll have everything you need. He promises where you sow, you'll reap. And so we talked about, hey, if we want to go and make disciples, be a friend, pray for them, be generous. And I promise you, as you be a friend, as you pray for people, as you're generous, I promise you, you'll have an opportunity to share the gospel. Go and make disciples. So that's a very quick recap of last week. It was much quicker than last week, wasn't it? Could have just done that. The fourth one on your little handout, it says speak life. In Proverbs 18.21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Ephesians 4, verse 29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. You know, speaking life over people, it's a bit like generosity. It shows, us a, it shows people the glimpse of the Father. I'm about to read a few verses, and, and Julie, we don't have any of these up on the screen, so we, you don't need to follow me here. But God continually speaks life over you and me. Continually. 2 Corinthians, uh, He is a new creation. Jeremiah, formed you in your mother's womb. God knows us. Jeremiah, again, I have plans for you. Isaiah, I fear not, I am with you. Ephesians, we are his workmanship. John, he loves us so much that he gave his son. Philippians, you can do all things through Christ. Isaiah, because you are precious in my eyes. Luke, every, even the hairs on your head are numbered. 1 Peter 2, you are a chosen race, the royal priesthood, the holy nation. Psalm 139, I praise you, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God continually speaks life over you and me. He says we are loved, we are chosen, we are forgiven, we have a future, we are hope, we are made in his image, we are his workmanship. So when we speak life over people, it gives a glimpse of God. What does Jesus say over Jesus? This is my dearly beloved son, for I'm pleased. You know, we need, we need to, when, we're, when we're walking, when we're friends with people, we've got to speak life, encourage them, build them up. And for some reason, it's weird in our culture sometimes. Especially for blokes, I find. You know, one day I felt God put on my heart to send an encouragement to a, a guy in the community to tell him he's a good dad. The problem was this guy wasn't in church and he was the blokiest concreter you could find. 
I'm like, God, can you pick someone else? Right. Like, I'm sure it's true. I'm sure it'll be lovely. But it's going to be awkward. And I just, God just keep putting on my heart. I'm like, oh, gosh, all right. If he thinks I'm weird, I'm weird, whatever. And you know what? It wasn't awkward. It built up. It formed a relationship. It spoke life. What if we're the ones that can cheer people on? Uplift, encourage, back them up, see the best in people. Speak life. As you speak life, you'll have an opportunity to speak faith. You know, what if it isn't from God? What if, well, is, is it life-giving? Well, say it anyway. Right. Sometimes we get, oh, is, is this exactly from God? Does it encourage them? Yeah. Does it bring life here? We'll just say it anyway. <laughs> right. We don't need to get caught up in, is it life-giving? Yeah, we'll do it. Be purposeful in it. Because our world isn't like this, is it? It's tearing down. It's a... Speak life, encourage them, see the best in them. Tell them they're doing well. Cheer them on. Be purposeful in it. Text to encourage them. Make it happen. I said last week, imagine the, these points I've got. Imagine if we just all did it with one person who's not walking with Jesus. We just be a friend. If we pray for him, if we, if we speak life. I promise you we all have opportunities to share the gospel. And hey, it's for all of us. Speak life. Next one's be genuine. Romans 12 verse 9 says, Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. <laughs> Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring one another. See, this is why we've got to follow Jesus first and foremost. If we're going to love anyone, we'd better have the love of God first in us or else we've got no hope, right? You know, when you be friends with people, before and after... And, when you be friends with people, as you're walking with them, you don't have to be anyone you're not. You don't have to be this super perfect Christian to disciple. Right? You just got to just be real. Be genuine. Be who you are. The good, bad and ugly. You know, Jesus was perfect, but he, was, he still got tired. He still got frustrated. Right? He still, he still had, it had sad moments. Right, we don't, sometimes we think when we walk with people, as we show people the love of God, we've got to be this perfect, angelic being. No, you don't. Hey, if you're friends with them, they know you're not perfect. Right? <laughs> so when you're friends with people and you're struggling or you, you don't do your best, guess what? They're not surprised. Because we're friends, we're doing life with them. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have it all together. Remember, we're, we're, we're being friends. We're not saving them. That, that's what Jesus does. He saves them. He, he gives them life. We're just being friends. We're walking with them. I, uh, I used to work in a school, in, in Maitland, Louvren School, and we, they do devotions every morning, and I used to do every Friday morning, which was a tough crowd, because not many of them were Christian, and it was Friday. And they got to come in early and hear me talk about something. So I used to keep it pretty lighthearted. Right, because they come in and the teachers are all a bit tired. They're ready to kill the kids, and and, and they got to listen to me talk. 
Right, and so I try and keep it pretty lighthearted, and I just try and talk about the love of God and how God loves them, because we've got to keep it simple on Friday mornings. Right, keep it what about what matters. And, uh, and so, yeah, it was going pretty well, and, and, and then one week I was driving. So I used to just say, God, what do you want me to share today? And I was driving to school, and I, I felt to share something really heavy, right, about all these things that went wrong one week and how God sustained me through his presence. It was like a really heavy devotion with a few sad things in there, right? And I'm like, oh, God, not on a Friday morning. Like, you know the crowd, right? They, they, they don't want to be here. <laughs> they, want to, they want to be at home. I'm like, this isn't fitting. This will just send them off on a bit of a, like, and I'm like, do it, right? So I shared and, and uh, I shared about this week we had where everything kind of went wrong and all these other things happened and, and uh, I shared about how during worship and time we're filled with God's love and I look back a few months, that's how we got through it. And then while I'm doing it, I'm like, gosh, this is, this is going to be interesting. I'm sharing it, but I'm thinking in my head, this is just too heavy. But God, you're the boss, so let's just see what happens. Well, after that, I left there thinking, okay, let's just get on with the day. I had conversations about that devotion for the rest of the term, the next 10 weeks. Right? We don't have to have it all together. When we're discipling people, we're not Jesus. So we want to become like Jesus, don't get me wrong. But you're not perfect, I'm not perfect. So we can just be friends and walk with people, be genuine, be real. Your personality, your giftings, they're exactly what's needed. You don't have to be someone you're not. You don't have to be extra bubbly or or this or that. you just got to be you, following Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit. Be genuine with people, walk with people in all the seasons. You know, there's a story in the Bible where Jesus turned water into wine at a wedding. He was at a wedding, they ran out of wine. Which you think, big deal? It is a big deal for them because their weddings went for about a week. And if you ran out of wine, you were a disgrace, basically. It ruined your reputation in the community. Weddings were a big pressure then. Right. And so they ran out of wine. And Jesus said, fill the jars of water. And then somewhere between them filling the jars of water... And the master of ceremonies drinking the water, it turned into wine. It doesn't actually say when it happened, but somewhere it happened, right? And this is a bit like what happens to us. We're water, right? Me and you, we're water. We're real, we're doing life, we're being genuine, we're being friends. And as we follow Jesus, as we're filled with His Spirit, somewhere along the way, God turns our water into wine. And so we're just doing life with people, we're just being friends, we're having conversations, and then somewhere along the line, the natural will turn into supernatural, the ordinary will turn into extraordinary, because we're following Jesus, we've got the Holy Spirit in us, so we just do our life, we do our best to love people, we do our best to be genuine and, and be encouraging and be generous, and then God will turn the water into wine. What do I, what do I mean? Practically, I mean like when, what we think is just an encouragement will be like God's voice from heaven for them. What we think is just dropping a meal off will be an opportunity to share the gospel to lead them to Jesus. Right? That's what will just be, just a, just a prayer you're praying, you pray it every morning, will be a healing. As we just do our best, as we just follow Jesus, as we're filled with the Holy Spirit, loving people, being friends, God will turn our water into wine. Be genuine. I once I was at footy this year, 
coached a B grade and I dropped and it was just before training and I'm just trying to, you know, we didn't win too many and the mood wasn't sky high so I'm just trying to be friendly, I'm just trying to be nice and, and uh, I had so many water into wine moments this year and it was always when I least expected it. I've been chatting with guys, just doing life with them and then randomly two minutes before training someone just blurts out their whole life, all this stuff going on. And I'm thinking... Like, you want to pick a better time? There's just guys everywhere. And he's just like, blah. And then we get to kind of talk and through that over the next few weeks. And there was a water into wine moment. But Jesus does that. We just be open. We be loving. We be generous. We, we speak life. And I promise you, we, as we do this with people, we will have an opportunity to share the gospel. Next one, it says, give it time. Galatians 6, verse 7. It says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in a family of faith. Hey, if you've been walking with someone for a long time, if there's a family, if there's a friend, you've been, you've been praying for them, you've been encouraged, you've been speaking life, and they haven't come to Jesus yet, don't give up. Keep going. I like to think about Jesus and his disciples. Jesus, God, came to earth. If there was ever a better disciple maker, uh, the best ever is Jesus, right? And he spent every living moment with these guys for three years. And at the end of three years, one of them betrayed him. They all abandoned him. And then they go and meet him on the mountain after he's risen from the grave. And some of them still doubt him, right? People need time. Paul started a Corinthian church and a few years into it, they're arguing over who's the boss, they're doing all sorts of naughty things, right? Think about how much time me and you need. Sometimes I think God's in heaven looking at me going, oh goodness, Ben, learn it the first time. I need time. Jesus' disciples need time, and they had Jesus being their friend. People we are walking with, give it time. Give it time. Then there's people I've walked with, and sometimes opportunities come really quick. Sometimes it's years. Right, there's some people I'm walking with, and I feel like they're, they're just so close. I've prayed of them. We've done stuff, but they're so close to making that decision to follow Jesus. And some seem nowhere near it. Right. Give it time. Keep sowing. Keep investing. God never gave up on you and me. God never gave up on you and me. I'm so glad God was patient with me. I'm so glad God's going to continue to be patient with me. There was a guy in our dross and I was kind of doing life with and, and uh, well, having some real good conversations and he moved away, just ruined it all. Right. And uh, 
I went from not knowing him to then talking about faith and life and I felt like he was just on the cusp and, and he moved away. And then I was I actually preached in Victor Harbour about two years later. And who do I run into? This guy. And his kid was in the Christian school and they were walking through things and they were doing better. They still weren't there yet, but they were doing better. They were even closer. Now, people we walk and do life with, we might not even see the results of it. As we're friends, as we're generous, as we're speaking, as we're praying for them, you might not even see what happens. You might. Don't give up. Give it time. Love them. Pray for them. And the last point, be ready to share your faith. I touched on this last week. 1 Peter 3.15 Instead you must worship Christ as Lord of your life and if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. I said last week, if we be friends with people, if we speak life, if we're generous, if we pray for them, I promise you, you'll have a chance to share your faith. I promise you it'll happen. And so we've got to be ready. Why do you follow Jesus? Who's Jesus? Doesn't have to be complex. Remember, we've got to be genuine. You know, we're called to be witnesses. And witnesses just share what they've experienced. So that's a really good place to start. Now, what's, what's three things God's done for you by following Jesus? You might have experienced his peace, his strength. You might have a home in eternity. You do have all those things, but they might be really special to you. He could have given you healing and guidance and forgiveness. Let's think of a few things. We're witnesses. We're just called to share. Share what we've experienced. Be ready. Be ready. I know I said last week, think of the people. There might have been someone who brought you along to church. It could have been your parents, could have been a friend. Pastor Don picked up my dad for Sunday school. Think about the people that, that encouraged you in faith, that prayed for you, that taught you, that were generous to you, that spoke life. They... Listen to the command of Jesus to go and make disciples and then you're here. Often it's not just one, it's a village. And then we are now called to do that for other people. You know, Paul, one of the major figureheads of the New Testament, Saul, killing Christians, uh, charging after him. He meets Jesus on the road. He's transformed, right? And he sees a vision of Jesus. He goes blind. And this is the next step. And it says, Now there was a believer in Damascus called Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision saying, Ananias, yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, Go over the straight street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I've shown you him in a vision of a man named Ananias coming and laying hands on him so he can see. Long story short, Ananias goes and meets Paul, prays for him, fills him with the Spirit. He can see again and leads him on his way. Ananias, 
We never read of him again. It's the believer following Jesus, heard from God, prayed, said, Brother Saul. He only knew Saul from the murdering, murdering Saul, and he enters in Brother Saul, prays for him, encourages him. I wonder who we could be Ananias for. I wonder who in our world is just ready to be prayed for, ready to be encouraged, ready to be And that's why we've got to follow Jesus, be filled with the Holy Spirit, because God spoke to Ananias, he was ready to listen and obey. Wonder who in our world, our neighbours, our friends, our family. Wonder who God's called us to love, to pray for, to be a friend, to be generous, to speak to. Go and make disciples. It's not as hard as it sounds. Now, if you're here and you follow Jesus, you've received that gift of salvation, you're redeemed, you are chosen, you have eternity in heaven, and as we follow Jesus, we begin to experience this heaven on earth abundant life. And it's not just for us. If you're a disciple, we're called to come and make disciples. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It's friendship. It's generosity. It's speaking life. It's praying for them. It's just being genuine. It's walking with them. It's giving it time, plenty of time. And be ready to share our faith. And I wonder if the keys could come, or a guitar or something like that. And uh, yeah, Ananias heard from God. And I just want to have a moment before we go, just, just be ready to hear from God. Maybe God wants to put someone on your heart. Now I spoke last week that God's given me unusual ways to connect with people. Maybe God wants to show you how to, how to speak life into someone. How to connect. That guy who I ran into Victor Harbour, our first connection was God put on my heart to go play tennis with him. I don't even know if he played tennis. Turns out he loves tennis because God's onto it. Maybe there's someone in your world where God wants to give you a prayer to pray. Maybe something to say. Maybe something to do. Go and make disciples. God loves our community. He loves our friends and families. He loves our co-workers so much. He knows them. He made them. And He wants them to receive this life and forgiveness. And the main way God does that is by using His church, men and women of God, to go and make disciples that's you and me and it's not complicated it's not hard it's just doing life it's being friends walking with them love them show them a glimpse of the father and I promise you at the right time we'll have an opportunity to share the gospel so God I thank you for everyone here God I thank you that you love us you're for us you've given us life you've forgiven us you've given us peace comfort strength we have a home in eternity. We have heaven on earth. God, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And God, I pray. Give us eyes to see. Give us ears to hear. Give us a heart to be open to those around us. 
those people we interact with, our acquaintances, our co-workers, our friends, our family. God, you know them and you love them. So God, I pray right now you put people on our hearts to, to walk with and be friends with. God, give us prayers to pray. God, give us encouragement to speak out. Give us ways in which we can love and meet with people. God, Holy Spirit, presence of God, just come and show us. Give us pictures, give us words, give us promises. God, I pray, give us ears to hear, eyes to see. Right now, God, come and speak to us, lead us. Put names on our heart, put ways to meet and love people. Holy Spirit, come. You know what a really good prayer is to pray? And I do my best to pray. I don't always pray, but I do my best to. In the morning. God, is there anything you want to show me for today? Is there anything you want me to do today? Because I'm a firm believer there are opportunities scattered around us. To love, share, to do life with people. But often we don't see it. Well, God, is there anything you want to show me? Anything you want to anything you want me to do today? And often there's something. So God, this week I just pray. Give us your heart for people. And God, thank you for your love for us. Help us to then love people, walk with people. And we do, we pray for our friends, our families, our co-workers those people in our world. God, we pray that they would know you. They would know your voice. They would know your love. They would know your redemption. They would know your freedom. They would know your life. Wherever they are right now, Holy Spirit, meet them. Open their hearts. Open their minds, God. We pray for opportunities to love them, to speak to them, to do life with them. And God, we pray that they would know you. That there'll be sheep that know the shepherd's voice. Jesus, you pray that you have other sheep that aren't in the sheepfold. And so I pray, God, that they'll come in. Those who walked away from you and never know you, God, I pray that they would know you, know your love, and know your freedom. And whatever part we can play in it, God, lead us, guide us, give us courage to do that. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, bless you this week. Go have a coffee with someone. Catch up with someone. Encourage someone. Have a great week.